It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? Doing well. What's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, we actually have some stuff to talk about today, which is good. Uh, we're going to have, hopefully, Mike Keith next week. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We also had Jonathan Hutton last week. So if you missed any of either one of those episodes, go back and find those. The, re- the way that you cannot miss those in the future would be to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Himalaya, whatever it is, uh, just find Locked On Titans there. Subscribe. You'll get the newest shows as soon as they're available. Uh, remind you, Terry and I write from UCMiracles.com. That's where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check that out. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at T Lambert TN. Today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, OTAs. Titans did their first uh, OTA with the whole team yesterday. So if you have observations from that, um, you know, unsurprisingly, we have a quarterback controversy talk going already, which is ridiculous. So we'll get into that discussion a little bit. And then uh, Gerald McCoy got released and Duncan Sue signed. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that and what what remaining need the Titans still have on the defensive line. Um, all right, so starting off with the uh, Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill stuff. Look, we knew when the Titans acquired Ryan Tannehill earlier this offseason that there was going to be a segment of the fan base that would try to make it into a quarterback controversy. Now, anytime that John Robinson has been asked, anytime that Mike Brable has been asked, including yesterday, uh, they have both made it very clear that there is not a quarterback controversy on this team, and Marcus Mariota is the quarterback. Now, but I mean, you know, some people hate Mariota, some people just want a quarterback controversy, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, like I said, unsurprisingly yesterday, um, apparently Marcus Mariota didn't look great in portions of practice, and so now all of a sudden Marcus Mariota is not a good practice player, this competition should be open, all that kind of stuff's going on. Here's, here's my few thoughts on it, and then I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, with it as well one that it would be really dumb in, in my opinion it would be really dumb for the Titans not to be committed to Mariota here they've got to figure out this year whether or not he is worth signing to a long-term deal and I wrote a post for this about uh, about this from UC Miracles earlier today but really there are kind of two really bad outcomes that could come from this season for the Titans as far as you know the future of Mariota is concerned number one he's a mediocre quarterback and you commit 100 million dollars to him Number two, he's a franchise quarterback, and you let him walk into free agency for nothing. Um, The Titans have got to do their best to figure out um, if either one of those things are true this year or not. Now, he could get hurt again. They may not get a definitive answer or whatever. But if you're playing this game of, well, we're not really committed to him. We're going to make this competition. He's going to be looking over his shoulder all year. I I don't think you ever really have the chance to find that out. So for me, that is, and aside from who's better, I mean, we can talk about that as well. But for the future of this franchise, the Titans have got to figure out what Marcus Mariota is. And the only way that they have a chance of doing that is to commit to him this year and see how that plays out. And, of course, the counterpoint to that is he's been here for four years, right? Right. Uh, I mean, and and while that's true, I'd argue that a lot of things have not gone his way. And, you know, like we said, at a certain point in time, you just have to accept that that's who he is. But... Uh, I think the Titans are treating this like one last chance. Um, you, you know, the, the coaching staff has has just denied any sort of, of quarterback competition. 
yet, of course, you're going to see that. I, I mean, people have their minds made up on Marcus Mariota. Um, I, I don't think me or you do right now. Uh, we were we were certainly firm believers last year. Uh, you know, rewind 365 days. We're we're all aboard the Mariota train. Um, now we're not so sure. We're, we're in wait and see mode. So, uh, but there, like you said, there's a segment that have made their minds up about this uh, about this quarterback situation. So, you know, we said it when when the Titans traded for him. Uh, you know, training camp and, and OTAs stuff like this. It was going to be brutal because you, you know you were going to see a th- good throw from Tannehill, and you know that meant that he deserved to start next Sunday. And that's just not how it is. So, what what you don't need to do with your Twitter account is sit there and watch Twitter highlights and, you know, dissect every single throw and say, well, Tannehill nailed this and Mariota was a little high. You know, why isn't there a quarterback competition? That's that's not productive. You know, that's not real life. You're not seeing it from the whole picture. You're just getting a snippet of information out of a Twitter video. So that's what bothers me. Uh, you know, this is Mariota's job. I don't think he could do anything to lose it outside of getting injured in, in training camp here. So it's Mariota's job. A lot of people aren't going to accept that. You know, Tannehill's going to get his chance. You know, that, that's the thing. That's what he was brought in here to do, uh, to back up Marcus Mariota. Mariota's probably going to get hurt. If he does, Titans will be going in a different direction this year. But um, you got to let it play out. I, I mean, so many people just want to make this a thing, and, and I don't think it deserves to be quite yet. Yeah, and I mean, I get, I get he's been here for four years, and you should know. Yeah, I mean, that, that is, I think that's the most frustrating part of this. And so I don't like, you know, really hammer people for that argument because, I, yeah, I mean, sure, if you don't have an answer in four years, you have your answer, right? I do get that. I, just, I still feel like there's so many circumstances that have been somewhat outside of his control that have kept us from from seeing what he is, you know, and, and we've talked I mean, obviously so much about that. And like you said, I mean, at, at this point last year, we were all in Marcus Mariota believers. I mean, when they brought him out with Fleur, um, there was no doubt in my mind that Marcus Mariota was was going to be great, and you know, we were we were going to see him take that next step. Obviously, that didn't happen. Injuries, whatever else, um, and, and there have been times where he seems like he's healthy and his play on the field just hasn't been good enough. So yeah, I mean, I get it all, and I've, I've moved from being you know 100% confident that he was going to be good to now just not being sure. Um, but I, I think that that is maybe the more I don't know fair place to be. That's just what it feels like to me. And again, like you said, it, you're just it, it's such a waste of time to try to create a controversy when everybody inside the building is saying there's not one. And so no matter how much you want it to be there, just, like I said, move on from it. Don't, don't worry about practice. There's somebody, I, I can't remember who it was, they were talking about some, uh, I guess a Dolphins writer that talks about, you know, Tannehill always looks great in practice. So, you know, kind of be wary of that because it, he looks like a different player in practice than he does in the games. I had somebody coming at me today about, well, you know, Blaine Gabbert, I, I guess apparently Travis Haney said that Blaine Gabbert, I don't know if consistently was the word that he used. I didn't, I didn't actually read Haney's article, but... Um, that he consistently, or, or at least at a lot of points last year, looked sharper in practice than, than Marcus Mariota did. And you know what? That's that's fine. That's all well and good. But we saw the difference in those two on the field. Um, and, and as bad as Marcus Mariota was at times last year, he was still a huge upgrade over Blaine Gabbert. So to me, that is a if that's true that Gabbert looked better in practice, to me that's a that's a huge like red flag to say okay, just because a guy is looking like a you know a Pro Bowler in practice. It doesn't always translate to the field. So to me, that's an argument against getting too high on Tannehill and his practice. But 
you know, like I said, some people are not taking it that way. Yeah, and I'd point out too, Marcus Mariota is a gamer, and you know, I don't really like that term, but lights come on in the fourth quarter. That's a guy that you you want on on your side. You know, we, we didn't get to see it last year a, a whole lot because he was banged up. Uh, but time and time again, when the game's been on the line, Mariota shows up. Whether it's with his legs or, or with his arms, or uh, you know, catching a pass in Kansas City from himself, uh, it, it just seems to come through. So, uh, once again, it, it, it's an OTA. You know, all this has come from an OTA practice with some Twitter videos. Um, so that that's mind blowing to me. I'm, I'm really concerned uh, for my well being on Twitter uh, this training camp because I, I think it's going to be pretty ugly. Yeah, it, it's, it's a long way uh, from now training camp. And the commitment we can make is that this will be the last time that we talk about Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Other than if we're talking about, you know, his performance in a preseason game um, or if Mark, if when Marcus Mariota gets hurt and Tannehill's the star that week. That, that's that's it for us. I mean, we're not going to do we're not going to do this. We're not going to be breaking down, you know, completions versus incompletions for both guys in camp. They said there's not a controversy. There's not a controversy. That's what we're going to move with going forward. All right, coming up, we will talk a little bit more about some things that happened in uh, the OTAs yesterday on Tuesday. Before we do that, talk about Blue Chew. If you've been listening to this podcast for a length of time, you know that they have been sponsoring us for a while now. We appreciate them doing that. Um, like, y'all know what it is, right? If you're, you're looking for that extra edge that you might need, Blue Chew is the way to go. It's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. And you can take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as the pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Um, all right, so we've got a special deal for our listeners. Uh, if you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free. When you use a special promo code Locked On. you just pay the $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Um, the other good thing about it, described online, ships right to your door. It's discreet, so you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to wait in the pharmacy. No more awkward awkwardness, if I can say that word. It's made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So, again, that's bluechew.com slash locked on. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging, with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so OTAs, and again, you know, we, we talked about how things that you know don't don't really matter. You can't take away that much from one on the field workout. But I, I think there are some things that we can take away from the the biggest thing that stood out to me, um, just watching the the highlight stuff yesterday that was posted on Twitter, was the fact that Lady Walker was out there running around. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how he's going to come back, 
what he would look like once he comes back. There was some talk that he still wasn't running, um, some concern as far as that was, it, it, some concern from that. Um, but he was out there yesterday, looked to be a, a full participant in, you know, I mean, they were just in helmets and shorts. But the fact that he's out there running around, um, getting the work in now, I think is a really good sign for where he will be once we get to training camp. Yeah, it's something that we, we took for granted. I, I mean, it, we, we joked um, throughout the draft process about the Titans in, the, in the, their tight end room. Uh, you know, so many mocks had them taking a tight end. But um, we, we seemed pretty convinced that, that he was going to come back and be fine. But there's some lingering doubt there with his age. I mean, he's mid-30s now. So um, just to see him back out there, uh, you know, he described himself as about 85%. So that seems like he's, he's going to be on track for, for this fall. Um, I'll be interested to see what they get out of him because he was a, he was a dynamic player. Uh, you know, a couple of years back, I think he seemed to lose a step in the last season that he played. Uh, just just real interested to see if they can get him back because that's a huge part of this offense uh, that Marcus Mariota didn't have last year. And, you know, you want to talk about the Mariota debate, you got to throw that in there too. I, I think a lot of people forget that Delaney Walker was, was on the shelf for the uh, entire season last year. And you, you talk about Rashard Matthews, you talk about losing him. Uh, that's two huge parts of this offense that, that used to be two huge parts of this offense that Mariota didn't have. So uh, getting him back, adding in A.J. Brown uh, another year for Corey Davis to get it, uh, Adam Humphreys, uh, you know, add Roger Saffold onto this offensive line, it, it's an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, he's just such a huge piece of that offense and a, a guy that we know – that Marcus Mariota can rely on when things kind of break down, a guy that you know is going to run to the right spot, run the right route, all, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it will be huge to have him back out there. Um, another thing, A.J. Brown uh, spent some time after practice working with Corey Davis, so that was really cool to see. Um, also, by all accounts, A.J. Brown was on the like one of the last ones off the field uh, after the rookie OTA or the rookie minicamp, whatever that's called. So, again, I mean, I don't, I don't know that that necessarily means that he's going to be a great receiver, but you appreciate a guy that's willing to come in here and put in the work. We've had some receivers that were highly touted, you know, guys like Kenny Brett, uh, Doriel Green-Beckham, um, but, you know, had some, some work ethic uh, slash off-the-field issues. A.J. Brown seems to be a guy that's really committed to his craft, committed to what's going on on the field. I mean, you see all the pictures, you know, the, the DK Metcalf stuff was what got all that buzz during the pre-draft process with that picture of, of him and A.J. Brown in the weight room. But A.J. Brown is, is you know, a, a pretty physical specimen himself. So, you know, we're all aboard this new Titans wide receiver hype train. I just hope this one doesn't end in utter despair like it seems like every other one has. And, you know, with him, I haven't seen many highlights yet. Uh, we haven't seen him, you know, even in a preseason game. But he feels different. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just me, but it, just his mentality, his demeanor, uh, he just feels different. He feels like he's coming in here with confidence. Uh, you, you think about all these draft picks that, you know, even Corey Davis. You, know, you had the, the injury that, that he was dealing with, uh, so we didn't get to see him early on. But A.J. Brown comes in here, and, and he feels like a pro Already, already looks apart, obviously, but to see him out there getting the work in with, with Corey Davis, with Marcus Mariota, I, I just have a good gut feeling about him. And, and you know, I, it, it's easy to, uh, you know, not have confidence in the Titans and a receiver, especially a draft pick, because they, they've we've just been down this road so many times. But he just feels different, does he? To you? 
Yeah, absolutely, he does. And like I said, just all the other stuff. And there's no, like, you know, with everybody else, it was like he could be great, but you know what I'm saying? Like there was yeah. always something, whether it be off the field, injury, you know, whatever it was. And he doesn't have any of that stuff. So hopefully that means we're going to get a different result this time. And listen, hopefully he and Corey Davis can can kind of come into their own together um, with the addition of Adam Humphreys as well. Um, but, I mean, you've got the chance to have some uh, a couple of young, dynamic receivers. And the Titans have never had, you know, I don't, I don't know if they ever had a dynamic receiver, but they definitely have not ever had a couple of those. So hopefully that's something that we're going to see, uh, you know, starting this year, but something that they can build on into the future. And on, on the defense side of the ball, the other thing that, you know, that I really noticed that got much buzz was Cameron Wake being out there talking with uh, the young guys. Um, and again, you know, you, you have a, an edge group that is really, really young. And so to have a guy in here that has as much experience as he does, um, that's just going to be something that if he's willing to work with those guys, which apparently he is, they, they can take some stuff away from him. And hopefully, you know, that whole group can be better for him being here. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really young room uh, that could use some grooming. You know, even Harold Landry, who we think is the number one pass rusher uh, on this team. Uh, he, he could still use it for, from Cam Wake, a guy that's done it for a long time at, at a really high level. Uh, other thing that stood out for me is Adam Humphreys. You know, just just reading around, uh, caught a lot of balls yesterday. I just think he's going to jive really well with Marcus Mariota's game. Uh, I, I think he's going to help this offense be a little crisper, be quicker, uh, you know, get open quicker. So Marcus Mariota's not standing there in, in the pocket uh, and, and waiting to get crushed. You know, that's I think that's kind of where some of these injuries come from uh, is him improvising and, and, and not getting the ball out of his hands. So uh, I, I really like that addition. And early on, it's, it's already looking like he's going to be a productive player. Yeah, absolutely. And you made the point earlier about like Delaney Walker being back, just having a couple of those guys that he knows he can count on. He knows they're going to be get the ball out to them. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a huge upgrade for this offense in this year. All right, coming up, we'll finish up the show with a little Indomitian Sue, Gerald McCoy talk. Okay, so since we last talked, uh, Gerald McCoy was released by the Buccaneers. You know, it's been out there for a while. They were trying to trade him. Uh, I guess apparently couldn't find a suitable trade partner, so they went ahead and gave him his outright release. Uh, then you also had Indomitian Sue signing with the Buccaneers. Uh, that, I think that was on either Monday or Tuesday. Um, you know, I think Gerald McCoy is, is interesting for this team. Uh, we talked a lot about the defensive line. We know that they're, you know, we all have really high hopes for Jeffrey Simmons. We also know that we're not going to see him probably at least until November. Um, so they could stand to have somebody to work into that rotation in the meantime. I know they've got bodies, uh, but I don't think they have really any productive bodies up front outside of Jarrell Casey. So I, I thought Indomitian Sue was really interesting from the standpoint of, you know, you could probably get him on a one-year deal. Um, a guy that could come in and, and fill that role that they hope Simmons will will fill whenever he's ready. Gerald McCoy, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, these guys are the same age. I didn't, I didn't realize until we were talking before we came on the show that they came in the same class. Were, were drafted back to back. You know, and and Dominic Sue seems that he's obviously in the point of his career where he's playing on one year deals. Uh, the, the everything that I've heard about Gerald McCoy is you're talking about two or three year deal for him. So I mean, I think the, the that's a little bit different because. Um, you know, it might be it might be tough to get McCoy, Simmons, and Andrew Casey on the field at the same time once everybody's healthy. You know, if you're talking about heading into 2020, so you didn't really have to you didn't really have to have those concerns with Indomitian Sue. 
I don't know. I mean, he's a guy that John Robinson is familiar with because you know, of his time in Tampa Bay. So I mean, I, I think he's interesting. But at the same time, you know, when when it was when he was cut, Adam Schefter tweeted out, you know, he could be interested in these teams. Schefter probably got that from his agent, I would assume. Titans were not on that list, so I don't know. It's a th- it's something that I think the Titans should definitely at least look into. But I'm not sure if he is as good of a fit from a contract standpoint as Dominican Sue probably would have been. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on it, and, and you hit the, the nail on the head with the one-year deal. You can get McCoy on a one-year deal. I, I think, you know, look, go for it. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, you're, you're already hearing about the Colts, of course, with all their, their cap space that they've got. But, yeah, a two- or three-year deal makes sense for him, 31 years old, um, still someone in his prime. Uh, look, the Titans have Brent Urban here, and, and I know that that name doesn't doesn't move the needle. But I do think it's an upgrade over what they have over an Austin Johnson type. Um, you know, maybe you kick Daquan Jones inside and play a little nose tackle along with Jarrell Casey. Uh, but I don't think you can sign him to a two or three year deal when you've drafted Jeffrey Simmons with the 19th pick, who may or may not play this year. You know, it's probably safer for us to assume that that he won't. But what happens when he comes back and you've got Casey? And McCoy and Simmons. That doesn't make much sense unless you're going to play one at nose, which doesn't make much sense either. So um, I'm kind of out on it. I don't. I don't know that the Titans can improve their defensive line right now. Uh, I think that the hay's kind of in the barn here. Um, you know, I, I wish they would have gotten some more immediate impact guys, but Urban will at least be a little bit more productive uh, than what they had last year. Yeah, I think getting Urban in there is a is a good thing from a rotational standpoint, um, and like I said, just bodies um, was something that they definitely needed. And I mean, I think we've seen that teams are—I don't know—that every team's moved away from a nose tackle. But when you're talking about a guy that, that's only going to be on the field, you know, possibly on first and second down, and with much as, as much as teams are throwing these days, you spend so much time in your sub packages anyway. So I really just don't – I don't see the need for a guy that just strictly plays the nose. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see that, but I just – you know, unless they can come up with some deal where they give him a bunch of money in year one and either on a one-year deal or in year one that they can get out of years two and three, uh, maybe something like that would make a little bit of sense. But anything beyond that, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense for this team. And then plus, I mean, you'd have a lot of money tied up uh, in the defensive line. Uh, and just which is not necessarily where you want to be tying up most of your money. So uh, interesting thought. Like I said, if they can get it, you know, done on the right terms, I would be for it. But I, I just would be surprised with McCoy if that's what ends up happening. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on all that kind of as it goes. Yeah, and I was going to add, uh, the Giants took a, a nose tackle in the first round of the NFL draft, and they traded Odell Beckham to take a nose tackle in the first round of the NFL draft. You know, like you said, it, it's just changing times. Uh, in the NFL, nose tackle doesn't really play a lot. And here's, here's Dave Gettleman, you know, taking a running back at two and a, a nose tackle in the first round. So that's just wild to me. It, it's wild to me that the NFL still po- employs someone like that. So, uh, yeah, taking Dexter Lawrence, I, I think with, what, the, the 17th pick, it, it's just amazing. But it really is, and especially when you put it into the, the context that, that was the pick they got for Odell yeah, Beckham. Yeah, you that, essentially traded it, Odell yeah. for a nose tackle. <laughs> right, and, and nobody in the right mind is doing that straight up, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's just it's wild to think about. So, yeah, um, and that was one of the things. I mean, you know, Dexter Lawrence was mocked to the Titans quite a few places as we went through that draft process. Right. That's the thing that we kept saying, and you were on that first. Like, there's just 
you're not you're not spending a first round pick on that guy anymore. So just just different than it used to be. Um, but anyway, so we'll, like I said, we'll we'll see how it all plays out, and we'll we'll watch the the McCoy offer, see kind of where he ends up. All right, um, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, please do that. Um, wherever you get your podcast, again, Google, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Himalaya, whatever it is, you can do it there. Um, we will be back later on this week with another episode. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, 615-787-8762. Didn't mention that from the front. Um, but if you want to do that, we can do one of those shows coming up in the next few days. Like I said, we're going to have Mike Keith next week. Uh, at least that's the plan right now. Um, so be sure to look out for that. He's always really great when he's on here. And so we'll get his his thoughts on the roster, on the draft, and then maybe get into some of the you know Titans game day, some of his preparation stuff, kind of like we with Jonathan Hutton. So uh, be looking for that. Again, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jim Morris MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert TN. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again later. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.